All right. In today's episode, this is going to be part two with Brandon Duff. If you missed part one, head on back uh, to that episode. Catch the short initial episode conversation I've had with Brandon. In today's episode, we're going to talk about all the little things, all the little things that Brandon does to make a dollar, to save a penny, to really work towards his financial freedom. Uh, so from doing Turo to, you know, people renting out pools to crypto, uh, but he's not he's not out there making or uh, investing in a bunch of fly-by-night crypto projects, right? Like he's looking and working on the long term, the long-term uh, financial benefits of of any of these these little things. Uh, so definitely boring passive income. That's Brandon's thing. And this part two of this conversation, we really dive into that aspect of, of what he's got going on. I hope you enjoy it. You're listening to Podcasts and Funnels, where we will dig deep into how to fully integrate your podcast into your business. Our goal here is to help you start, grow, and scale your podcast, and hopefully have some fun along the way. Listen in, get your notepad ready, because I will be sharing everything I can to make your podcasting life a fabulous one. Oh, one bonus plan I have in store for you. I will be bringing on guests that will help you be able to start your side hustle, start your real estate adventure, or improve your business's marketing. I'm your host, Corey Carter. Now let's dive in. How did you get to all the other little things, right? And I kind of want to like talk about all the little things you do because before we talk really what your YouTube channel and and I, I think what's it, the Passive Buddies, right? The, the show you're doing. Like, yeah. so let's talk Turo. Let's talk real estate. Let's talk like all the little things that you, you've got going on uh, and, and maybe start off with the list of all the little things. Oh man. So um, I do get some affiliate commissions from high level since we're kind of on that. Um, I obviously do some blogging on my website um, and they rank pretty high. So I get recurring income from not selling a white label. I get recurring because people signed up through a, a affiliate link or whatever. So that's money that comes in recurring really, really easy. And that's typically what most people do in affiliate marketing is they create a blog or they do YouTube videos or whatever that is. So that's one. Toro, how I actually discovered that, it was, um, I think someone mentioned like renting out your car. And I was like, that sounds cool because I work from home. And if my car, I mean, most people's car, if they work from home, is just sitting outside collecting dust or they drive it, you know, one hour to take their kids to school or whatever that is. And so I was able to just rent it out every single I have a little Prius. It makes me like a thousand dollars a month, um, which isn't a, a great deal. But if you have like three, four or five cars that you can just lease out or um, buy and use the, the cash flow from your other cars, you can pay that off really quickly. I don't even have a loan on my car. So it's just cash flow for me. And so if you get four or five cars, you're making $60,000 a month pretty, pretty easily um, just from one stream of income. So I got into Toro. I've slowly increased my prices. I think I have like 125 trips and I've been doing it maybe for two years. So I just got into that. I literally just rent out my car. People come to my house. I have a little lock box on it. So when we go on vacation, they punch in the code and then they take the key out and then off they go. So it's, it's kind of like Airbnb for cars. Instead of renting out your house, 
you're renting out your car. Do you not deliver the car to like to the airport and all that? I try not to because then it's taking up time. Um, but if I, I have a high price point for it, so I think it's like $150 to deliver. So that pays for my, my, my Uber ride back in a sense, my time in a sense. So like a hundred dollars for the hour. And so it's, if it makes sense, then great, but most people don't. So they usually just pick it out, pick it up from my house and it makes it really easy. And I, I mean, we've been on a few vacations where someone will rent it out and then they just come to my house, pick up the car and then leave while I'm in Puerto Vallarta or Cabo or Hawaii, someone's going to be dropping it off when we're gone. So. Nice. Yeah. I did Turo uh, for, I would say almost all of 2021. And uh, yeah, my only challenge was I didn't, I didn't have a high enough delivery fee. And so 90% of my stuff was at the airport. And oh yeah, so that basically taken an hour of my time right. to do the round trip. And uh it was good money, right? It was, you know, a lot of fun. Paid off the car quickly by doing it. Right, exactly. And it was just sitting here at my house, just like you, just collecting this. Right. And I, the car actually, it, it was a like a Ford Edge. And the, the somehow coolant got inside one of the cylinders and had to replace the engine. It was like a freak thing. Nothing that a Toro driver did anything. Nothing that I did. It was just kind of a freak thing that happened. And luckily, it was all under warranty. So no. Oh, good no funds to be on that but that was like that kind of stopped me from doing my turo for a while is because i was right without a car and uh, completely not making money on it <laughs> so oh yeah and it's more of an expense well you paid it off but it was more expensive because you had to pay for the engine i've had no issues knock on wood but um a cool little tip is like i get really good gas mileage in my car so when people i fill it up like seven eighths of the way and it, I tell them, hey, you know, it's at seven eight. So if you bring it back, make sure it's at seven eight. But it gets such good gas mileage, they end up filling it all the way up. So I get free gas in a sense nice. when we have to do little trips. So if you want to make an extra little bit of money, that's a good way to uh, save a little bit on gas and then roll it over. See, you're always looking for even the smallest of things. All right, so you've got you've had real estate, uh, go high level, affiliate, white label, Turo. What else? So there's like um, a buddy is doing this. Um, I've tried it a little bit, but there's a website called Fat Llama and you can rent uh, electronics. You can rent bikes out on there. So it's a good way to, if you have like just a bunch of bikes from your kids sitting around, you can actually rent that out. A buddy of mine actually found a way where you can rent out your pool and people that if you don't use your pool during the summer and it's hot, people can come over, rent out your pool in a sense and make money that way. So there's so many different ways as far as what I'm doing, so in the crypto space, um, we were doing a lot of play to earn and play to earn is playing a game and then making crypto and you, you'd mint crypto and essentially uh, use that to buy your kind of your long term hold. So if that's Ethereum or Bitcoin. And so from there, we would essentially buy NFTs or in-game assets and rent them out to players and those players would split the profits with us. And so we were doing, before the, the whole market dumped, we were doing about $250,000 a year just from crypto gaming. Didn't include our real estate or any of our other income streams. And so that was doing really, really well. And then I took the income and reinvested into long-term assets. Obviously, that's more of a gamble because it is crypto gaming and it's more altcoins and NFTs versus your long-term holds. 
But essentially what we're doing is taking our uh, long-term holds since they're assets in a way, and you can borrow against them. So if you want to essentially create an infinite money loop, you could you buy your Ethereum. Okay, so to take it back a step, with real estate, you're able, with your equity, you can pull out the equity with a cash out refi. And so when we were buying real estate, we would buy, we bought our first rental property and then bought our second rental property and then pulled out the equity on our first property to buy our third property and a little bit of my own money by pulling out the equity and using my own money to purchase it. So like an equity exchange. And from there, we had six units because we had a four unit and two single family houses. And then the following year, we refinanced all the properties because the market was going up and we bought a four unit without uh, any money out of pocket. So we leveraged our properties to the max in a sense. And so that was bringing in cash flow. And so what you can do with uh, crypto is essentially the same thing. You can borrow against your crypto, take out the cash, pull that cash and buy real estate. So that's what we plan on doing when the market cools down is borrowing against our crypto, pulling out the equity, buying distressed properties, force appreciation into it by re repairing them, taking them up to code or whatever it is, and then getting cash flow from the rentals and then pulling out the equity because we forced appreciation in there, get the rental income as cash flow and then buy more Ethereum and uh, Bitcoin. And then since it's leverage, we de-escalate our leverage by buying more Bitcoin and buying more Ethereum and then rinse and repeat. So essentially if the market goes back up or the cash flow will buy more Ethereum, borrow against the Ethereum or Bitcoin and keep buying more assets. So um, that's what we're doing with kind of in this next cycle. Still also, I assume it's doing the various like coaching or partnering with the people. You've got the programs where the play to earn, right? You mentioned the whole, they could rent uh, the Axie, that kind of stuff, right? Like you've still got some of that stuff going on as well, right? Right. So with the play to earn space is um, like you were saying, we would buy assets and then rent them out. Um, the market has dipped so much that we have a, a lot of players can afford the axes now because they're so inexpensive. So I get, I own land within Axie Infinity. So I'm getting cash flow that way, but I'm not getting 250,000 like I was getting at the height of the market in November. Um, it's actually quite a lot less. Um, I still have Gala node here, a Gala node here and the Gala node uh, here, which helps um, support the ecosystem for Gala games, which is like, if you're a gamer, it's like the Steam of Web3, where they have, they pretty much have a platform where other development teams can bring their games to them. And then all the node owners provide uh, resources from their computer instead of having Gala games, having to create, um, build out a whole server infrastructure. We're kind of supplying to, based on like cloud services to them. So I get Gala, I get Gala every single day. I get the other um, cryptos from those tokens. So we get some from play to earn, from holding land, we get node resources, we get staking rewards in crypto. So a bunch of kind of passive income that way. But since the whole market is down, it's not like it was at the height. So it's not, oh, I would say it's more of a long-term thing for us than cash flow today. And you know, just obviously nobody fully knows, but the whole crypto market crashed. I imagine you have a pulse on what your belief is as far as, you know, is it going to come back this year? Is it going to come back next year? Like where's, where's your, your guess on that one? 
So a lot of um, regulation is starting. Not financial advice. <laughs> right, right. This is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. Talk to your CPA or accountant to uh, do that because I'm just a silly guy on YouTube. As far as my thoughts, a lot of a lot of big money is waiting till regulation comes in because there's so many different scams. There's so many different rug pulls. There's so many different projects that are securities versus commodities. And so like Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum is more considered, well, not technically, but they're going towards be more a, a commodity versus a security. And if you're kind of in these security things, you could have set or building something that is a security, uh, you could get in trouble by the FTC, I think it is, or maybe the SEC, I can't remember exactly. I think it's the FTC. But uh, so I'm focusing more on just Ethereum and Bitcoin because uh, it's supposed to be labeled as the economy and once a commodity. So once people start regulating it, then a lot more investor money is going to come into it. Uh, I'd say a lot more because, I mean, I mean, we look at Nike and then creating NFTs. We look at uh, a lot of these different big companies with, what was the big, uh, like not Lululemon, but one of the luxury brands has their own NFT that's tied to an actual asset, like a bag or a purse. So a lot of people are getting into the NFT space and collecting Ethereum to hold on their balance sheets. So once a lot of financial investors and big companies, I mean, you know that like JP Morgan and a lot of the big banks are creating their own blockchains and using them to do transfers because it's quicker and they're not having to go through, I mean, a wire takes 12 hours or seven hours and it's a lot of fees attached to that. I mean, I think I pay like $25 or $50 for a transfer of under $2,000 and a lot more for higher amounts. So being able to have instant payments and low transaction costs, that's why a lot of the banks are kind of building their own blockchains. So I think that once more regulation comes out, and I think we're supposed to hear something this year about it, I think a lot more financial money is going to go into that sector. But, you know, it's all guess and who knows if that's going to happen. But there's a lot of talks of it right now. Yeah, I mean, I I would bet that it'll happen. Uh, you know, like there, there's, there's too many benefits. I know there's all the scam stuff, but there's too many benefits to not just, you know, go that direction. The, the technology, the ability to, to do things, as you're talking about, in, in different speeds, like it's just... Uh, it's it's going to happen that way. They just, yeah, they unfortunately have to do some control. Well, not only that, it's you have to think how wealthy people make money is through leverage. So people leverage real estate, people leverage stocks. I mean, you look at Elon Musk borrowed against his stocks to you know buy, buy Twitter, essentially. And so if you look at another asset class like crypto is another hedge to borrow against it and then buy and grow your money even more. And so if you're able to leverage assets, that's how you make more money just by using leverage and debt. And that's how you, the real rich make money. And so if it's regulated and you can borrow against it, it's just another asset class that you can make a shit ton of money. Yeah. All right. So you've got the crypto stuff. You've got the all your tools and white label and all that fun stuff. Definitely my next question and the whole point of this podcast is, is let's talk about your marketing for you know your your world whether it be your 5000 plus subscribers on YouTube or 
uh, you know, the passive buddy show, what's, what's kind of, what's your whole goal with that? And, and why do you do some of that stuff? Let's be friends. No, seriously, we should hang out. I have just the place for you. Come join me in the brand new Facebook group of the same name, Podcasting Funnels. We will continue the conversation about podcasting, share resources around podcasting, tips on funnel setup, page design, and so much more. Can't wait to see you there. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed part two. And uh, don't you worry, part three will be just in a few days from now. And uh, as you heard from my last question, we're going to start talking about marketing and his YouTube channel and some of that stuff that is related to uh, really growing his message, getting his message out there. Stay tuned for part three in just a few days. Did you like what you heard in this episode? If you did, I would love it if you could do me a favor. Would you please write a review? Maybe share it with a friend or somebody you think could benefit from this information. Either way, I appreciate you being here and uh, thank you so much.